Welcome to the 32nd episode of the Practical Operations Podcast. I'm Brendan Diesendorf. I'm Jack Neely. And I'm Jared Watkins. We are here to talk about the practical side of operations work. This week, we're talking about the problems with histograms, the data type, and some of the problems with using them in production with Prometheus. So clearly this is uh, in the monitoring uh, realm of the world, um, and I'm really a firm believer in using histograms as part of your metrics and your monitoring. Uh, histograms are an exceedingly powerful data type, um, and you know, mathematically work really amazingly well. Um, the, the biggest problem one usually has with your uh, metrics is that you send observations of, say, latency uh, towards StatsD or Graphite or Prometheus, what have you, and the remote endpoint collects that data about latency and every minute or some time bucket uh, generates some sort of, of summary statistic about this. You might have median uh, 90th percentile, 99th percentile. Gosh, you might even be using averages for Pete's sake. Um, that data is definitely a big step in the right direction. Um, but that really doesn't give us humans a really great idea about the actual distribution. It's very difficult for us to detect m multimodal data. Um, and being able to visualize where your tails are and have a better idea of how that distribution lays out helps us incredibly with tracking down problems and making better code. It also um, makes it extraordinarily difficult to define and meet service level agreements if you don't actually have an ability to record or define what that is. So understanding this, this kind of data is crucial. And uh, of course, you could always go back to your logs where you probably have the raw data samples um, for each uh, HTTP REST call. Um, but that's a lot of data. That's a lot of storage. That's probably a really slow operation. Um, I think, Brendan, you can probably speak more to that. Yes, it's also extraordinarily expensive in terms of just operating costs to keep that much data loaded to do ad hoc analysis later. Um, what you really need is an efficient way, or a a reasonably efficient way, rather, to extract the metrics you do need and save them in a way that's easily queryable so you can do operational analysis on them. So you're definitely looking for metrics, and histograms offer a great solution where we don't have to keep the original data, and we don't have to keep every uh, latency value that has been generated by every endpoint hit. Uh, you can keep this data for weeks, months, years, and consume a sane amount of disk space, something that's supportable. Um, so you have a very small footprint compared to, to keeping each and every data point. Um, you can, as long as your histogram uh, bin widths are the same, you can aggregate histograms together. So the problem we have with the StatsD world, if you wait, have wait, a 99th person... Hold up a second, Jack. For our casual listener who may not be familiar with the ins and outs of histograms, can you explain how they work? Oh, crap. How histograms work? Man, I don't know that. Um, so the basic idea of a histogram is you have a series of buckets. Um, each bucket is over a specific say, one seconds to five seconds, five seconds to 10 seconds, 10 seconds to 20 seconds. Um, 
and each bucket maintains a count of how many observations fall in that bucket. So you can easily calculate the total number of observations, the total number of hits on an endpoint, for example. Um, you start to be able to calculate, uh, depending on how your bucket widths are set up, um, your averages, you can estimate uh, qu arbitrary quantiles pretty easily. And so that's the the basic idea there. Um, Prometheus, in its infinite wisdom, uh, stores histograms as just a series of counters. So each bucket uh, ends up being a counter on disk of how many observations fall in that bucket. So graphite can't really do this, can it? Oh, God, no. Because graphite's you designed... You technically store the data in graphite, but there's no... Um, operations query in to really deal with that, uh, graphite's graphing capabilities uh, don't support it at all. Um, StatsD, newer versions, have some sort of really hacky support, but again, it's really hard to get quality math out of graphite from that data. Fair enough. But Grafana is able to query all kinds of data sources, and it knows how to talk to Prometheus and other systems that handle full-featured histograms, right? Yes. Okay, back to your rant. Sorry for distracting you. So, um, I think I was getting back to the point of aggregation. There we go. Aggregation is the, the awesomeness that make histograms the future of monitoring. Um, because provided you uh, have multiple histograms that are have the same bin widths, you can actually add them together to get a cumulative histogram that represents an entire service. A common problem in, in metrics-based monitoring, especially with technology like StatsD, is we have each server exporting a, or, or generating a 99th quantile metric for the behavior of each individual server. So what do you do if you want a 99th quantile of your entire service? <clears throat> a lot of people end up taking the quantile of a quantile, which is, unfortunately, nothing. <clears throat> that is, in fact, Bupkis, we're all doing it probably if you're using graphite. It's okay. There are therapy groups. <clears throat> but yeah, unfortunately, that that calculation doesn't produce statistically useful data. So that's where uh, histograms really win for me, is you can aggregate them. You can then estimate quantiles for your entire service or for parts of it or for specific machines. Um, so that compared with a relatively small footprint um, for storing that kind of data. And when you look at ad more advanced visualization tools, uh, you can actually take a histogram and look at it over time. So you might have a histogram for one minute of operation and you want to compare it to the next minute and the next minute as time progresses. So that's kind of uh, three-dimensional data you can represent that visually in something called a heat map, which is really awesome in uh, visually showing uh, 
where your nodes are in your data, so where the, the peaks are in the histogram. So if most operations complete in, say, the 10 millisecond range, uh, you can very easily see that. Or you could see most operations uh, complete in the 10 millisecond range, but there's also a cluster of operations that complete in the 500 millisecond range. Where if you look with you know, a median and a couple uh, uh, estimated quantiles, that data is kind of hard to, to figure out um, just by those summary metrics. That's my espousing about histograms. I think they're an incredibly powerful tool that we have in our monitoring toolkit um, to have better data, to store better data more efficiently, and to be more knowledgeable of what's going on in our code bases. It sounds like it also removes a huge blind spot that a lot of people have in terms of the math behind StatsD, especially, and other metricing platforms they may be using. There are definitely different math issues that, that one needs to be aware of, and a lot of folks are very accustomed to how StatsD works. Um, and some things are simpler, and some things uh, take a little bit more, are different to understand. So you've gone on at length now about the the various benefits of histograms, and I'm I'm sensing that obviously there is a catch here somewhere. Why else would we be doing a podcast? So the great catch of histograms is the complete and utter lack of support in open source tooling. So everybody loves to hate graphite. I'm in the camp too. Basically, no way to get reasonable histogram operations in and out of graphite. Um, StatsD has some oddly peculiar support. Um, it's odd and peculiar. Prometheus, um, I really saw as as sort of the beacon of next generation monitoring platform, and being a, a open source platform that actually has reasonable support for letting us do histograms and getting better quality data. So the crux of the issue uh, with histograms is your bucket widths. Since each quantile est uh, estimation is, is just that it's actual estimation, you can mathematically prove which bucket contains a specific quantile like the, the 99th percentile, the 89th percentile, you know which bucket contains those, but you have to estimate over the bucket width um, to get a more precise uh, answer. And that's where the fun begins. So to have to have quantiles that are within 1 or 2% of the actual real value, if you had the real um, verbose data, you're probably looking at um, several hundred buckets in your histogram to represent that uh, reasonably. Um, <clears throat> there's a couple different ways that one could actually represent that. Um, I can definitely point folks to some of the uh, the crazy math. Um, I'm a fan of the log linear method of of building histograms. But however you slice it, you were saying earlier that Prometheus saves the histograms is basically a series of counters. So now you have... is basically crap. Well, now you have a series of hundreds of counters that you have to handle. 
So, yeah, that's the... If you want accuracy, you're going to have more buckets. It's still going to be a whole lot less data than the raw data. Um, but if you're limited in the amount of buckets that you can use, you might get some... You might have some interesting data if you're at or over an SLA or at or over a bucket boundary. But your quantiles um, end up being kind of useless and just not very accurate at all. I mean, we're talking 30, 40, 100% error um, kind of error. And if you're espousing the benefits of histograms and encouraging people to use them, and they end up looking at uh, quantile data about their service that has a 30 or 50% error in it, that's not so helpful. Also, uh, Prometheus does not like uh, high cardinality. Um, I think their recommendation is to have, uh, was it 10, 10 labels or less? And uh, buckets are actually stored as labels in Prometheus. And so if you get, if you, if you start scaling past 10 buckets and you have a lot of metrics, you will be running into performance issues. Yep. The Prometheus folks recommend a cardinality of about 10 uh, for your metrics. So you have a metrics with with a set of label value um, labels. Um, and as long as that set comes out to about 10 metrics, thereabouts, um, that's the Prometheus best practice guidelines. Uh, when you uh, start doing lots of labels like email addresses and user IDs, uh, things explode pretty quickly, and that's not a metrics problem anymore. Um, and the, but bucket widths should fit in a perfect world. You would think bucket, bucket metrics or bu- bucket widths should be one of the the cases that people should be solving for. It seems you would think. Um, so yeah, those bucket widths definitely count as cardinality in Prometheus. The default uh, histogram configuration, I think with the Go client, with the Java client, uh, comes with 10 buckets. Poof, there's your uh, 10 cardinality uh, limit. Um, That's not going to give you accurate quantiles. It's just not. So I've done, definitely done some uh, testing with Prometheus, and it can definitely handle uh, histograms with hundreds of buckets, but yeah, then you get a histogram or two per uh, HTTP endpoint. Uh, perhaps you've added labels for a status code. So there's another five or six um, histograms, each one with hundreds of buckets. Um, and you multiply that by, say, uh, a Kubernetes cluster running your job 200 times. And the load of metrics that you have just generated will no doubt overwhelm any Prometheus server you put in front of it. And of course, without a a well-working Prometheus server, um, it doesn't matter that you have the best histograms in the world, your visibility is still not going to help you. So what kind of specific problems do you hit when you start exceeding these these limits? They're the simple problems of your third you're throwing more metrics at a Prometheus server than it can really handle in jest. Uh, there's the issues of, of rushed mode and throttled storage mode where Prometheus can't 
either A, fit everything in memory it needs to, or write stuff to disk fast enough. Those are pretty normal problems for Prometheus and, and scaling in general. But things get more pedantically fun um, the more you sort of get into this. So when Prometheus scrapes a remote target to gather that data, that operation is not atomic in any way, form, or fashion. There's actually some proposals uh, being worked on to make that operation atomic, but presently it's not, and it's not going to be in 1x. And 2x is making progress, so I'm not sure if that's going to make 2x or not at this point. Time will tell. But since uh, scraping remote targets isn't atomic, uh, when you have a recording rule in Prometheus, uh, a recording rule that automatically generates a 99th uh, percentile for you based on a histogram metric, that recording rule may run when a histogram it's operating on has only been partially updated. This creates kind of artificial peaks. Um, if you combine this with federation, um, say we, at my client, we take our recording rules and we say, if you've made a recording rule, clearly this data is important. We federate it to a safer place than your uh, uh, Aurora or Kubernetes uh, Prometheus instance. So pr uh, federation also falls victim to the lack of atomicity and scraping. So it probably has an even less quality uh, copy of the histogram in place. So um, a good programmer likes to reduce the amount of recording rules and code that they write. So a reasonable uh, sysadmin or a coder might fall into a habit of making a Prometheus recording rule that generates the rate that you need to generate for uh, a histogram quantile estimation, and then take that recording rule and plug it into um, instances of the histogram quantile function, which generates the, the percentiles you're looking for. So if the rate recording rule evaluates on histogram data that's not complete, then all the rest of the recording rules end up evaluating on histogram data that's not complete, uh, which means that you don't have a odd spike in one quantile graph, you have spikes in all of them. Uh, this gets more pedantic. Um, so if you take the data that Prometheus uses from the rate to build the histogram per second, um, you can graph that data out and recreate the cumulative distribution function of that data. So you have a chart of, of how much of the data um, is present in a function as it as it progresses over the buckets that are configured in the histogram. Uh, this is one way to kind of look at where your data sort of falls. And the properties of a cumulative distribution functions, or one of them, is that it can never decrease because you can never go forward in time and see less data. Um, however, with the atomicity issues, it's really quite easy to uh, have histogram data where you build a cumulative distribution function and the cumulative distribution function uh, goes up and down, zigzags, and has other fun shapes. Which is never, ever supposed to happen with these kinds of... Ouch. Which is not supposed to happen. So 
it gets worse. When Prometheus is estimating quantile, it uses a binary search in the buckets to find the first bucket that is uh, less than or equal to, greater than or equal to, whatever, um, the quantile value. Um, and a binary search works by looking at the middle bucket, um, seeing if it needs to go left or right, and going that direction, taking that half of the array and divide the half again, and doing the same operation. So it's not a linear search. So if the data isn't uh, monotonically increasing, um, the binary search becomes confused. Because there may be multiple... There may be multiple buckets that contain that value at there this are, point because it's incomplete. There are incorrect. multiple buckets that look like they should be the first bucket holding a given quantile value because basically you're looking at a histogram where you have interleaved buckets that are missing observations. It's not just, you know, the, the last five buckets missing inter missing uh a couple observation it's you know the the first three buckets have it the fourth bucket doesn't the next bucket does ouch that that really hurts since uh prometheus implements histograms as cumulative histograms uh when they're no longer cumulative the whole model you know sort of breaks down in front of you and and so what does this look like to a user looking at graphs um, and basically, this looks uh, like sort of arbitrary uh, spikes that last for a, a, a scrape interval or evaluation interval or two, um, and then return back down to normal data. Um, and I've seen these spikes happen really quite frequently uh, when you when you start really to exacerbate the problem. From sort of my initial Prometheus, a modern a monitoring platform that has modern mathematical techniques to to deal with metrics and visibility into into the code we write to you know basically having the histogram fall into all of its pieces in my hands at the very end is is where I found myself so the the practical workaround for this is to run a lot more prometheus instances and have them so you don't overload any single one of them or run bigger ones or I don't understand honestly that's that's where I'm trying to find the balance um, you have the core Prometheus developers saying that histogram should be used sparingly and, and with a small cardinality and they give some advice about making sure that your SLA numbers that you're looking at are one of your bucket boundaries so that gives you at least some reliable information if you're over or under those specific bucket boundaries, even if the quantile isn't very accurate, you can at least tell that bit. You know, on the other side of the of the extreme is you do actually need a few hundred buckets to have uh, within two percent accurate quantile estimations. Where do you fall in the middle? Um, I think this is complicated uh, by the fact that. Uh, Prometheus doesn't dynamically generate its histogram buckets. You have to configure your histogram uh, bucket boundaries uh, when you write your code. So you may be configuring these bucket boundaries before you've really tested the code, before you even know what that data is going to look like in production. Which, 
inserts other other fun issues. So yeah, where I go from there, as far as my love of histograms, I'm I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, you can always throw more hardware at the matter, um, but you get into situations of of how do you map together things that are on different Prometheus instances. If you have 200 uh, instances of an application that each generate a pile of histograms, uh, how do you divide up those 200 applications running in production? Uh, you can't really do partial scrapes and push separate histograms to separate servers either. Um, yeah, at some point it sounds like you need to move to either a whole data model where you have all the data and you do aggregations on that data once you have it. Say, I know the Elastic um, folks have been working hard on getting Elasticsearch to serve more as a time series database as well as all, all of its other functions. And despite the the much larger storage costs it has in other things because it's not nearly as efficient as storing data, the time series data specifically as other things are, it actually has the aggregations and it has all the data. So it might be able to, in theory, do those kinds of calculations for you, um, even if at a higher cost. And of course, Elastic has its own scaling issues that I've been dealing with, which are non-trivial and interesting once you get to large data sets. Which are fun in their own right. So, uh, what are we looking forward to in the future? I mentioned uh, that Prometheus folks are looking at a proposal for doing atomic scrapes. Uh, That will definitely help in this matter. Um, if scrapes and federation basically become atomic per uh, metric name, I think that ends up solving probably a large fraction of these issues. Um, Once you can ensure that the data you're working on as a histogram is follows the model as monotonically increasing as it should be, um, the some of the math issues fall away. Yeah, and then you're left just with the scaling issues for Prometheus itself in terms of getting more instances and more hardware up and going. And those are are, are better understood as well. Um, Prometheus 2.0 promises, surprise, surprise, everyone, a new storage backend. Ooh. Um, I'm always... A new storage backend, you know, per major release always... Reminds me of InfluxDB. But and that ended well. Yeah. But the Prometheus folks have shown they can at least make one storage backend work reasonably well. So I give them... I'll definitely give them the rope to hang themselves with. I, If they can write one that's reasonable, they could probably write another one. So time will tell. Um, the... Prometheus 2.0 Alpha came out um, today. Today is April 10th. Um, so that shows our first preview of that new storage database. Um, so that's definitely something that will that will be interesting to watch. It promises to be a lot faster and to handle uh, uh, data more efficiently. So that might solve some of the scaling issues as well, simply being able to deal with more data faster. Uh, so between that, uh, atomicity issues uh, being solved, um, 
we're walking in the right direction, I think. The real root of the the real root of the problem here is that like graphite where everything is a gauge, in Prometheus land, everything is really a counter. Uh, with gauges being, you know, sort of an add-on custom ben- uh, benefit. Um, so summaries and histograms and any compound metric type that they've uh, discussed so far have been built upon counters, which isn't the worst way to go about it. But I think unless until we get a actual um, first-class histogram data type uh, in Prometheus, um, that will that will be what we're looking for as, as far as solving um, problems about accuracy. I'm going to post a reasonable implementation of histograms on disk in the show notes. Yay! Is that the Circonus one? That is. Ha ha ha. And it's open source, MIT licensed. Um, so uh, the Circonus folks are actually really, really awesome in the support they do of the open source community. And they have some some pretty cool tools, and they've solved these problems. Um, so I hand it to them for that. There are lots of great talks from Theo, um, CEO of Circonus, which also have lots of really fascinating data about uh, building metrics, data sources, uh, databases, um, getting math right. Um, and a lot of that stuff is also well presented. Um, so even uh, even the layman can really start to get a, a fairly reasonable grasp about why quantiles of quantiles don't work. Please take the time to rate this show on iTunes. It's the best way for new listeners to find us. Additionally, we welcome feedback about shows we've recorded or topics you'd like us to cover. Leave a comment on the website at operations.fm. Send us your thoughts on email, feedback at operations.fm, or use at operations.fm on Twitter. That wraps it up for the 32nd episode of the Practical Operations Podcast. We have been Brendan Diesendorf. I'm Jack Neely. And I'm Jared Watkins. Thanks, and good night.